Hello everyone, my name is Haley Elizabeth and if you don't know who I am, this is my true crime podcast where once a week I sit down and I talk about all things true crime, ranging from murders, disappearances, cults, all the way to the biggest drug bust in history, the biggest bank heist in history, all things true crime. So if you're interested in any of that, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel or you can head over to Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts and listen to the audio version every Tuesday. And for today's case, we are going to be talking about the case of Sophie Lyonette. Now, there is a lot to get through, so we are just going to hop right into it. Sabrina Corder was born in 1983 in Algeria, but when she was very young, her and her family packed up all their things and moved to Paris, and that is where she grew up. She grew up in, unfortunately, a very abusive family, a not-so-loving family, and this actually led to her getting sexually abused at a very young age by her two uncles. And then when Sabrina was 18 years old, that that is when she would meet a guy by the name of Oisim Medumi. He was 23 at the time, so he was five years older than Sabrina. Him and Sabrina actually clicked as soon as they met because they were both French-Algerian. As for Sam, he was a very successful man. He had a degree in economics and also worked as a financial analyst, so he made pretty good money. And then in 2005, four years into Sabrina and Sam's relationship, that is when Sam and Sabrina decided to pack up all their things and move to London. It was in London where Sam still worked as a financial analyst, but as for Sabrina, Sabrina worked many jobs when she was in London. She was an au pair, she was a makeup artist, and she also worked at a bank, but she would later find extreme success in the fashion industry. She was a very popular stylist at the time, as well as a fashion designer herself, and Sabrina really, really started to get her name up there to the point where she was starting to only dine at fancy restaurants. She was only wearing designer. She was going to red carpets and hanging out with celebrities. And people at the time would describe Sabrina to just be like very quiet, very soft-spoken, yet sometimes she would have her moments. And a lot of people would say that sometimes she would just say very odd comments or act really oddly that kind of, you know, put them off a little bit, but it was nothing too noticeable. And also during this time of uh, during like while her and Sam were off, Sabrina actually ended up growing pregnant with another man's child to which she actually kept this child and gave birth and that is when she later got an apartment for her and her son. While Sabrina had raised her son, her and Sam continued to be on and off and in the year of 2011, they were both off. At the age of 28 years old, one day Sabrina was at the bank and she was standing in front of a man by the name of Mark Walton. From the looks, like, Sabrina thought that Mark was kind of cute, so she told the bank manager, like, hey, do you know who this guy is behind me? And the bank manager was like, no, I actually don't, sorry. And so Sabrina's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then she goes to sit back down, and when it's Mark's turn to go up, he actually also asked the bank manager, like, hey, do you know who, like, that girl is over there? Like, she was just standing in front of me. And so the bank manager kind of thought it was funny that both of them were asking for each other. So due to this, Sabrina and Mark started talking and Sabrina and Mark had exchanged phone numbers and she actually invited him to go out on a drink with her the night of. Mark Walton was actually one of the band members of a band called Boy Zone and he also was a band manager for a couple popular bands at the time. One of them was called Blue and he was also a very well-known music producer and at this point he had helped produce 
do uh, big songs with big celebrities such as Lady Gaga, Jennifer Lopez, Enrique Iglesias. Mark, needless to say, did have a lot of money. He was very, very well off. So Mark went to the bar thinking that this was obviously a date, but when he got there, he saw Sabrina, but with about 11 other guys. Sabrina basically like manipulated or rounded up all of these men to like make them believe that they were going on a date with her. And then when they got there, she was like, hey guys, let me tell you about this really cool phone plan and just like pitch her pyramid scheme that she was a part of. And so a lot of the guys left. They were like, okay, I don't want to be a part of this. But Mark actually stayed. Mark didn't stay because he was actually interested in the phone plan, although he ended up buying into the phone plan, which was so unreasonably expensive. He had to pay $800 for a sign-up fee as well as another fee as well as monthly fees but Mark wasn't really, you know, curious about the phone plan. He just wanted to get to know Sabrina a little bit more. Over time, Mark and Sabrina actually started to grow very, very close and the couple later started to fall in love. She also opened up to him about her two uncles and what they had done to her when she was younger and this was something that she didn't really tell many people and so the fact that she was opening up to Mark, this was a really, really big deal to her. Vice versa for Mark, Mark wanted nothing more in the world than to just help and heal Sabrina. He knew that she had a very traumatizing and damaged past, especially with past relationships, and he basically just wanted to help her through all of it. He wanted to get her help. He wanted to, you know, love her and show her what a healthy relationship looks like. And things in their relationship ended up moving pretty fast towards, like, only a couple months after knowing each other, the couple had moved in together. Mark ended up moving from his home in Notting Hill and he moved in with Sabrina and her child in Queensway, Mark had to pay Sabrina $2,000 a month in rent. But it wasn't until actually moving in with each other where Mark would say that that is when he really started to discover Sabrina's dark and abusive side. He noticed that she was arguing so, so much more often and she even became very physically abusive to him. He said that he remembers one specific time where he woke up in the middle of the night to Sabrina punching him and the punches were so bad that they left bruises on his face for weeks and when he asked her why she was punching him she just said that he was snoring and it was annoying so she just started punching him because of it. There was also another instance during an argument where Sabrina had thrown an ashtray at Mark's head and on top of all of that Sabrina was very very jealous. She actually went through four different nannies because she was so convinced that all of these nannies were sleeping with Mark even though like some of these nannies had never even met Mark before and it got so bad to the point where Sabrina actually put security cameras inside of the home so she could keep an eye on Mark and the nannies 24-7 but even with the security cameras Sabrina was still convinced that Mark was cheating on her and Mark later said in an interview 
about Sabrina's behavior, he said that although she acted like this, he never wanted to leave because he knew that she was just damaged and traumatized from her past relationships and that he just really, really wanted to take care of her and he felt like, you know, underneath everything, Sabrina was a very sweet and gentle person. Things would grow even bigger for the relationship when one day Sabrina had told Mark that she was pregnant with his child. Mark was so ecstatic because even like just Sabrina's son that she already had, Mark treated that son as if it were his own son. He would, you know, take him to school, he would buy him toys, and so the fact that he was going to have a child of his own, this really, really meant a lot to him. And he was super, super involved in like the pregnancy and everything. And then right before Sabrina was due, she actually told Mark like, hey, this is kind of, you know, an emergency, but I just got a call that my mom back in Paris is really sick. So I need to go out there right now and go visit her. And so that's exactly what she did. But two weeks after she arrived in Paris, she had called Mark and just told him super nonchalantly and very casually that their baby had passed away and she had a miscarriage and she basically just told him like, oh, like, yeah, I had a miscarriage. Oh, well, life happens. Get over it. Mark obviously does not take this news as nonchalantly as Sabrina is. He is completely devastated because, as I said, he was so, so excited to have a child of his own and he was also just so confused as to how this miscarriage could happen so randomly because he was under the impression that their baby was completely happy and healthy. He was also just very concerned about Sabrina as well because the way that she handled this news, it seemed like she didn't really care and so he started, you know, becoming worried for Sabrina and like, is she processing it correctly? I wouldn't know because I'm not there. So instead of calling Sabrina, he actually calls Sabrina's brother and asks him like, hey, how is Sabrina holding up? How are you? Like, I know this was just such like a crazy occurrence. Like, I can't believe like the baby is gone. And Sabrina's brother is very confused and he just goes, what are you talking about? The baby isn't dead. It's alive. Sabrina had the baby last night. It's completely happy and healthy. It's like, it's alive. It's at the hospital. And so is Sabrina. And to this, Mark is just shocked. He was like, okay, well, if Sabrina was able to easily lie about something as big as their child being dead, I wonder how many other things she had lied to me about. And so throughout this phone call, that is when Mark starts asking questions to Sabrina's brother about Sabrina. And that is when Mark starts to realize and learn some information that Sabrina had told him that turns out never happened. Like, for example, she said that when her family moved from Algeria to Paris, they were extremely poor. They were eating scraps every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They had to steal from grocery stores to survive. The area that they lived in was riddled with crime, so she was way too scared to leave home or even go to school and she had to like learn how to fight for herself and all this you know like very very tragic things and her brother basically just tells Mark like no that did not happen like we were not eating scraps we were not extremely poor we weren't stealing from stores to survive 
Paris is a very expensive place to live. And so the fact that we were able to comfortably live in Paris, like our family was fine financially. It was in this moment where Mark realized like enough is enough. I can't be standing by Sabrina's side anymore if this is how she's going to treat me. So this is the end. I need to cut her off. And so that's exactly what he did. In August of 2013, he decided to cut off ties with Sabrina, but although he wanted to cut off ties with her, he still loved and cared about her a lot, so he ended up putting a $4,000 deposit on a apartment in Southfield, London, which is like a very small, quiet, neighborhoodly town. It's like a town where everybody knows everybody. It's a perfect place to raise children, as well as paying the first six months of rent, so for six months while she was living there, she didn't even have to worry about paying rent. She could dedicate all of her attention to taking care of the kids. As for Mark, he actually went the whole different direction and ended up getting an apartment for himself all the way in Los Angeles, so not even in the same country. Then after a month or so of cutting off Sabrina, that is when he made the big decision to cut her off financially. And when she was cut off financially, Sabrina did not take this very well because she had been so used to Mark just giving her all the money she wanted whenever she wanted it. Sabrina, out of anger, decided to go out on a smear campaign and she contacted all of Mark's biggest clients and told all of them over the phone that Mark should not be trusted because he is a pedophile and if you work with him, then you are supporting pedophiles and he has like done things to her children and just all these like outlandish stories. And on top of Sabrina calling all of his major celebrity clients and telling them all of these things, Sabrina had also filed over 30 police reports on Mark where the story just got more weirder and weirder. She said that not only was he a pedophile, but he was also into dark witchcraft and he would use witchcraft as a way to lure children into his child sex trafficking ring and all these different things and the police clearly knew that these were lies because one of the police reports that she filed said that Mark had sexually abused Sabrina's cat but Sabrina had never owned a cat in her life. As I said, since Sabrina had lived in Southfield, Southfield is a very small town where everybody knows everybody but the downside of kind of living in a town where everybody knows everybody that means everybody knows everybody's business. Gossip was going around town about Sabrina's behavior and everyone knew how violent of a person Sabrina was. There was actually one neighbor in particular by the name of Sunny Patel that witnessed one of Sabrina's outbursts. She was basically at like a local farmer's market, like an inside farmer's market. And when she got up to the cash register, they had like rang all of her stuff up, but then she realized that she forgot her wallet at home. So instead of going like, oh, sorry, I forgot my wallet. I'm just going to run back home. I'll come back. I'll pay you. Instead, she demanded that the grocery store for her to just walk out with her groceries. And obviously the manager is like, that's not how stores work. Have you ever been in a store before? Like you can't just leave without paying. That's illegal. Just caused this huge argument between Sabrina and the manager to 
to the point where Sabrina had called the police, but the police assessed the situation and was like, yeah, you can't leave like without paying. That is illegal. So the police ended up escorting uh, Sabrina out of the grocery store. This was just one of the occurrences. This would unfortunately happen all the time. She would frequently lash out on small local shop owners, farmers market owners on the streets, like, and even like the older people in the community that simply just went there to retire and mind their own business. For some reason, she was still bothering them as well. And not only was she a bad person, she was just overall a bad neighbor. It was said that on top of her outbursts, she also left garbage out on the streets very, very frequently. She would block people's driveways with her cars. She would never pay rent on time. Since at this point in her life, Sabrina no longer had Mark, she decided to get back together with Sam. So in 2016, she reconnected with Sam and shortly after that, Sam had moved in with Sabrina and her two kids into the Southfield apartment. At this point in Sam's life, he had grown a lot more successful in his career. He was still a financial analyst, but he was also doing real estate on the side. He had actually two properties in France that he rented out to people. Although he had moved up in his career, his personality didn't change much. He was still very, very obsessed with Sabrina. He worshipped Sabrina. He would do anything for her. And he actually did do everything for her. He would take care of the kids. He would pick them up from school, drop them off from school. Anytime Sabrina wanted money, he would give it to her. And even though during this time, Sabrina had cheated on Sam multiple times where Sam had actually caught Sabrina cheating, Sam for some reason still stood around. Although Sam was back in Sabrina's life, Sabrina still couldn't get over Mark. And so it got so bad to the point where Sabrina, she even went as far as printing a picture of Mark out and going to all of the local shops around town and telling the owners, have you seen this man? And if you do see this man in the future, make sure to call the police because he's sneaking into my house. He's abusing my kids. Mind you, he still lives in LA. So like there is no, no way for Mark to even have a reason to come out to London. And she even told the local shop owners while showing his picture, he would also sexually abuse her boyfriend, Sam, and steal his semen to implicate into his witchcraft things. Then the following year in 2017, Sam is, you know, he's starting to get overwhelmed because he's taking care of the kids, he's taking care of the house, and it seems like Sabrina's not really doing much. That is when Sabrina and Sam decided that they wanted to get an au pair in order to help out in the home. And so for those who don't know what an au pair is, an au pair is basically someone usually ages from like 18 to 30 and they're also typically from a foreign country and they come from one country to another country to basically be like a live-in nanny. So they do things like take care of children, they clean the house, they run errands, they just do like simple chores and in exchange for all of the work that they do, the family or the host as they call it uh, will offer the au pair things like food to eat, a bed to sleep in, and if that person is trying to like speak the native language of the country that they're visiting, they will help them learn that language. They'll give them like pocket money to explore the city. And although being an au pair does sound very fun and glamorous, unfortunately the rules and regulations, especially like the safety
safety rules and regulations in the UK when it comes to au pairs are not really that clear. They're not even classified as workers, meaning that they're not entitled to any money at all, even just like minimum wage. A typical au pair gets anywhere from 90 to 109 pounds a week, which is definitely not a livable wage when you're in the UK. And on top of all of that, even though au pairs aren't classified as workers, if they make a certain amount of money, they have to take a percentage of their money and give it to the government for taxes. So like there's no way for an au pair to make good money. There's so much hollow space that people could just do anything they wanted and technically get away with it. And unfortunately, this leads to a lot of abuse and mistreatment of au pairs. And unfortunately, that is what happened in 2017 to 21-year-old Sophie Lionette. Sophie Lionette was born on January 7th, 1996 in Troyes, Northeast France. She was an only child to her mother, Katharina, and her father, Patrick. But as a kid, her parents actually got a divorce and her mother remarried to a man named Stephen. Sophie, ever since she was younger, was described as very gentle, very soft-spoken. She had this very, like, maternal aura about her that, you know, whoever you were, if you were in Sophie's presence, you just felt so, like, warm and loved and comfortable. And it's because she just had this very delicate nature about her. She was also very, very involved in politics and also helping people who were suffering injustices. She hated seeing, like, inequality or animal cruelty or any sort of, like, injustice in the world, even political injustices. And she would frequently, like, go to protests and stuff like that to try to fight for people. It was also her dream ever since she was a kid to work with children. Like, even when she was a child herself, she loved taking care of children. So, after high school, instead of going to college, she actually went to, like, a trade school where she took a child care program. Then, in January of 2017, she graduated her child care program and she was actually looking into becoming an au pair. She had never become an au pair before, but she had heard many, many, like, wonderful stories about the experience. And so, as she was looking around, she came across this couple by the name of Sabrina and Sam who had two kids and they lived in like the cutest little town in London. Like it was very quiet, very small, even the home looked really homey. So this, you know, immediately attracted Sophie. She thought that, you know, I really want to learn English and this is my perfect opportunity to and it's so small and quiet so I'm not like in the hustle and bustle of the big city in London. It's going to be very relaxed and also best part I'm taking care of children in the process. So that is when Sophie had applied and was accepted to become an au pair for 36 year old Sabrina Corder and 41 year old Osim Madomi. And although the pay to become an au pair from Sabrina and Sam was only $63 a month, extremely an unlivable wage, but with Sophie, she didn't really care about the money. She just more cared about the experience she was going to have. And so Sophie went out to visit the family and become their au pair. And at first, everything was going really, really good. Sophie would call her mother, Katharina, every single night. And Katharina 
said that Sophie just sounded so full of life. Like she was just so excited to be there. She absolutely loved the kids and the kids loved her. Sophie would frequently uh, like teach the kids how to speak French. They would go to the park. She would pick them up and drop them off from school. They would run all the errands together, like go to the grocery store. And even the neighbors liked Sophie. As I said, this was a very small town. So Sophie is like a new face in town. People were curious and they would describe her as, quote, she was an angel. She was so good with the children and had a lovely face. She was kind and quite shy. And there were also multiple times as well where Sophie would take her very little salary that she got of just $63 a month and she would go to the local shops and buy sweets and lemonades and help like the kids create a lemonade stand outside of the home and like just kind of get like a little bit of money for the kids just to teach the kids like responsibility and what that means. And there was also other nannies in the area, like other au pairs that Sophie quickly made friends with and even Sophie's relationship with Sabrina was really really good in the beginning. Uh, Sophie would actually tell her mother that she loved Sabrina, that Sabrina was so loving and kind and they would frequently have chats over tea, like just long conversations about life and since Sabrina was a makeup artist back in the day and she was also like a really big fashion designer, she taught Sophie how to like do her hair, how to do her makeup, how to style clothes. Hi everyone, it's still me just thanking the sponsor of today's episode, Babbel. One of the most exciting things about a new year is that you have no idea what adventures are in store for you. From new travel experiences to new jobs or picking up new skills, there's no better way to prepare for 2023 than learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's actively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the year takes you. I personally really, really love Babbel. I love their app especially because I can easily just learn a new language on the go or for me personally I'm never really home so I don't really have the time to sit down at a computer and learn something like this so it's so so convenient to just be on the go and still able to learn that language I've always been wanting to learn. With Babbel you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson and you can start having real conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Unlike other language learning apps that use AI for their lesson plans, Babbel's lessons were created by over 150 language experts and are voiced by real native speakers, not computers. The teaching method has also been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages plus Babbel's speech recognition technology that helps you improve the pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can have access to podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee, so there's literally no risk in just trying it out. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel, and right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com behind. That's babbel.com behind for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. 
but unfortunately Sophie's time there would not be like this all the time because once it went downhill, it just went extremely downhill. Over time, Sabrina started to become a little bit more comfortable with Sophie working for her, so she started to overwork Sophie and made Sophie work up to 80 hours a week. And neighbors would say that Sophie basically did everything for Sabrina. They barely saw Sabrina with the kids. It was always Sophie with the kids. Sophie would do all of the grocery shopping, all of the house cleaning. She would pick up the kids and drop off the kids. She would take care of them. And she even got so stressed to where one day she went into like a newspaper shop. She actually asked the clerk for cigarettes and the clerk was very surprised to know that Sophie was actually 21 because he said that she looked like a 13-year-old girl. So that just kind of shows like how like small and fragile Sophie really was and the fact that she was getting so stressed out that she started smoking. There was this man in town by the name of Michael and Michael was the owner of a local fish and chips shop that uh, Sophie would frequently go into just to buy some food and Michael said that this one time Sophie looked very just sickly and disheveled. She looked extremely stressed and so Michael just asked her like, hey, how are you? What's going on? And Sophie just said, you know, honestly, I'm not doing too well. Like, this is a lot harder than what I expected, but that's okay. Like, I just, I need to find a routine. I need to, you know, plan out my day a little bit better. And I feel like once I get in the flow of this, it's all going to come a lot easier. And Michael, after hearing this, he feels bad for Sophie. So he's like, you know what? Just take the fish and chips. You don't have to pay. It's on me. Don't worry about it. Like, consider this a gift. And so Sophie is very, very grateful. Sophie left, you know, to go enjoy her fish and chips. But for some reason, Sabrina had actually found out that Michael had given it to Sophie for free. So Sabrina, a couple hours later, marched into this fish and chips shop with Sophie and started to scream at Michael and started to scream at Sophie. She was screaming at Michael and saying, how dare you give her this? Don't give her anything. Like, she doesn't deserve it. And then she goes to Sophie and she says, and next time, if he ever does this, you pay. You have to pay. Like, you're a customer. That's what you do. And by the end of the argument, Sabrina grabs Sophie's arm very aggressively and says, come on, Sophie, we're leaving. And then they just leave. And so Michael is very shocked, but he's also terrified for Sophie because after seeing what just happened and how Sabrina had grabbed onto Sophie's arm, it made him think, you know, if Sabrina is acting like this in public, I wonder how she's acting, you know, in the comfort of her own home. So this does not slip Michael's mind. And the next time Sophie comes into the fish and chips shop. And so Michael tells Sophie in private, like, hey, I saw what happened the other day and I just want to let you know, if you want a plane ticket back to France, I will pay for your plane ticket back to France. Sabrina doesn't have to know. Nobody has to know. Just pack your things and I will pay it for you if you don't have the money to do so. And so Sophie, she thanks him for the offer, but she does decline. She says that she feels it's not right and she also is just scared of Sabrina. She's scared of what Sabrina would do 
if you know Sabrina hypothetically caught Sophie packing up her things she just said you know I'm gonna wait it out I'm gonna work for this family for as long as like I'm here for and then I'll be able to leave and so as for Michael he just said you know okay I don't want to pry I'm just letting you know that offer is always on the table even him himself he didn't know what Sabrina was gonna do and everybody was scared of Sabrina and if Sabrina found out that he had paid for you know Sophie's plane ticket back what would Sabrina do to him unfortunately what Michael didn't know was that behind closed doors the abuse and mistreatment towards Sophie would be a lot worse than what he imagined it all started when Sabrina started to accuse Sophie of having an affair with her ex Mark who mind you still lives in LA he has not been anywhere near the UK in three years at this point but Sabrina was still convinced that Sophie was sleeping with him and every time Sophie would just tell Sabrina no I'm not that makes no sense how could he live in LA and I live in the UK we would have no reason to contact each other I've never even met him before Sabrina did not believe Sophie Sabrina believed her own lies and believed that she was sleeping with Mark and so due to this she would basically abuse Sophie into telling her the truth even though the truth was that Sophie and Mark weren't even you know they never even met but Sabrina wanted to hear Sophie say that she was guilty of these things. Sabrina would then start calling Sophie degrading names. She would put more and more hours of chores onto her and nobody knew that this abuse was going on. She didn't tell anyone what was going on with Sabrina or the accusations and the abuse that was going on. Sophie would call Katharina every night and although she didn't tell her mother, she kind of insinuated a couple times that she wanted to leave and then one night she actually told her mom that yes, I want to leave and her mother had actually bought Sophie a plane ticket from the UK to France but Sophie had never received this ticket because apparently Sabrina had found it in the mail and ripped it up immediately after she found it and so Sabrina took all of Sophie's personal belongings and hid them including her passport so she couldn't leave to go anywhere then in June of 2017 the abuse unfortunately just got worse and worse every single day Sophie was being accused to sneaking around with Mark. Sabrina even made up this story that Sophie was letting Mark into the house at night when everybody was sleeping and Mark would go around injecting everyone with heroin so that everybody would be passed out on heroin I'm assuming and then he would sexually abuse the kids while Sophie watched. It was very very descriptive, very very graphic yet these are all things that Sabrina made up. None of these things were happening and Sabrina was just such a strong believer in her own lies that she would stop at nothing to have Sophie confess. So because of this, Sabrina then took away Sophie's phone so that she couldn't contact her mother and if she wanted to contact her mother, it would have to be over Sabrina's phone while Sabrina sat right next to Sophie and monitored the phone calls. She confiscated her passport. She deprived her of food in order for her to confess. She also stopped allowing Sophie to leave the house besides grocery shopping or picking up slash dropping off the children, which later on, Sophie was just restricted from leaving the house altogether and Sabrina 
Sabrina made Sam do the grocery shopping and picking up and dropping off the kids. And so at this point, Sophie was not only confined to the home, but Sabrina had actually forced Sophie to move into what looked like a very small closet. Like the closet was just big enough for a bed and a dresser. Not only did the abuse for Sophie get worse from Sabrina, but Sabrina had actually convinced Sam to participate in all of the abuse as well. Sabrina and Sam had equal parts in the abuse of Sophie and they would keep her awake for days at a time, waterboard her in the bathtub, they kept her in a tiny, dark, and cramped room, they beat her with everything they could find, such as books, electrical cords, kitchen appliances, etc. They would even record some of their torture, including the last 12 days of Sophie's life. While the last 12 recordings aren't displayed to the public, but the transcripts, like some of the transcripts, so I'm not going to go through all 12 of the recordings, but what I will do is I'm going to be reading you the transcripts of the very first recording and the very last recording. So if you're following along on screen, I just want to say that um, Madoni is Sam, Corridor is Sabrina, and Lionette is Sophie. Sam starts off by saying, okay, wait, we're going to start again. So everything you told Sabrina, why did you tell her all that? Sabrina says, she was crying earlier on. She was crying and said to me, quote, I did something and I can't get myself to tell it to you. I am ashamed of myself. You, addressing Sophie, did take him there. I have evidence as well. Sam said, yes or no. Sophie said, no, I don't remember. Sam says, what? Sophie says, I have no recollection of going to someone else's place with Mark. And at this point, Sophie starts to sound scared and in tears. Sam then says, so why did you say that to Sabrina? I am here. She can't do anything to you. I am here. There's a loud cracking noise, and then Sabrina says, you're making fun of me, are you? Sam says, stop it. Sabrina says, you're making fun of me? You're making fun of me. Sam says, stop it, okay? Sabrina says, I have evidence on her. You are not lying, Sophie. You did take Mark. Don't lie to me. You did take Mark. Yes or no? Earlier on, you were crying. Yes or no? Sam says, yes, I do believe you. Sabrina, I believe you. I believe you. Because she did say some details about... Then Sabrina cuts him off and says, you gave details. Don't lie to me because you said what? You said, I regret what I did and I'm really ashamed of myself. Sam then says, you are not going to do that again. Pick up your... And then it's inaudible at that point. Sabrina replies, don't laugh at my face, please. Sam says, so, and then at this point, there is a loud bang of something metallic, and Sabrina says, okay, don't make fun of me, no sweet talk, because I told you she's a monster, addressing that Sophie is the monster. She have a monster there. I thought you were someone good. Sam says, sit properly. You don't need to be scared, okay? Exactly, okay, because earlier on you were crying and you said to me, I did something very serious and I am very ashamed of myself. That's what you told me, yes or no? Sam says, and what's that? Sabrina says, is it a lie? Sam says, what's that? Then Sophie, sounding very scared and in tears, just screams out, I was scared. Sabrina then says, you were scared. You were scared. You lie as you breathe because why did I scare you? Did I scare you? Sophie said, I was scared. 
Sabrina then says, what were you scared of? Scared of what? Scared of what? Because I was very, 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 very nice to you. I was very, 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 very nice to you. Sam then says, stop shouting like this. Go on. Scared of what? Sabrina says, scared of what? I have been too nice to her. I used to tell her things. Sam then says, she said she was scared of you. Stop it, please. We... Sabrina cuts him off and says, what were you scared of? Okay, sorry. Apologies. Sam says, scared of what? Sophie then says, I don't know exactly. Sabrina then says, scared of what? In any case, whether you speak or you don't speak, at your trial, you will do so. You will be jailed, because as far as I'm concerned, I am not going to joke with you, okay? Because I am a nice person, okay? I'd really like to help you. You too must help me, okay? If you want me to help you, you need to help me, okay? You want us to help you? Then help us, okay? Sam then says, I'm asking you a question. Answer me. What did you watch on TV? Then there's silence. Then Sabrina then says, what did you watch on TV? Where did you watch it on TV? Look in my eyes. Where did he watch TV? In the park? Sophie then replies, no TV, no. Sam then says, it was in a house. Sabrina then says, so it was in a house. Never mind whether it was a house or a flat. You were in a house. You were in a, in a room. You were in a room, in a living room. Or was it a room? You watched TV in the room. Yes or no? Sophie said, no. Sabrina then says, what? You're lying because on my mother's life, then there's a noise of furniture being pushed around. I am not going to leave you alone. I will not touch you, but I will not leave you alone until you tell me. The truth, is it clear? Do you understand? You will not go back to France unless you've told me the truth. I am going to spoil your life. You will have spoiled mine. Okay, you understand that? Have you understood that? Have you understood that? You understand? I must go home in France because it is my sister's birthday. That is to say that today is your mother's, your sister's birthday. How much you lie? How much you lie? Because... And then it's inaudible, but she continues and says, said that you did not have any, my sister. Sophie says, I have a half-sister. Sabrina says, okay, half-sister, but not your sister. Okay, okay. And then that is the end of the first recorded conversation. As you can see, that is very, very hard to read because it seems like Sabrina and Sam are just both delusional and think that Sophie is doing all of these things and then randomly in the conversation uh Sabrina like creates this story that she was watching TV with Mark in a park but then it wasn't in a park it was in a room in a house or maybe not a house maybe a flat so as you can see from that transcription you can really see how Sophie barely talks because the way that Sabrina and Sam are screaming at Sophie what do you say in that situation? They are clearly making up this story as they go along. And what is Sophie supposed to do? She's probably just confused as you and I about what is exactly, what are they saying? It's very frequent that Sabrina will repeat herself constantly as if to reiterate her lies or try to confirm with everyone else that what she is saying is correct. And surprisingly, that transcription that I 
Blast Regu is actually one of the more lesser violent ones. There was other transcriptions where it actually like read that Sophie was getting hit, Sophie was getting abused. There was one transcription where Sophie just screams out, I'm scared. And there are other vulgar transcriptions where in one of them, Sabrina says that she believes that Sophie is having sex with Mark because every time she looks at Sophie, she smells like the sex from Mark on Sophie. And there's also a couple of other recordings where Sabrina will say things like, quote, I'm here for you, Sophie. I'm on your side. You just need to tell me the truth, which just adds a lot more confusion to the manipulation because it makes Sophie believe, is Sabrina on my side? Did I actually do this thing? Do I just not remember me doing this thing? This recording that I'm about to read to you, it's very confusing. So I feel like I need to tell you a little bit of background before I, you know, read it verbatim. Sabrina had found a bag of lozenges or lozengers. If you guys don't know what that is, it's basically like cough drops. Like you eat those when you have a cough or a sore throat. Sabrina had apparently found a bag of those cough drops and noticed that there were cough drops gone. And since she associated cough drops with medicine, she associated medicine with drugs. And then she associated drugs with her being drugged and then she believed that Sophie had taken cough drops to put into all of their drinks and drug them so that they could pass out and Mark can be let into the house. So this recording was actually made on September 18th, two days before um, Sophie's murder and unfortunately there was actually a photo taken of Sophie as well and in this photo, it is just so, so heartbreaking to look at. She is so fragile and thin and sleep deprived and she's honestly unrecognizable and it's because of all of this abuse and not just physical abuse but mental abuse that Sabrina and Sam are just putting Sophie through every single day and so this was taken on the same day as the recording that I'm about to read to you right now. It starts off with Sabrina saying, where is it? Yeah, it's mine. Where did he give it to you? Yeah? How many of this did he give to you? How many of these lozenges of this medicine did he give to you? How many did he give to you? Yeah, but once? How many? What? How many? Sam then says, she must talk. I want to hear her. Sabrina says, what? Come on. What? How many? Come on and say it. There's a deep sigh and then Sabrina then says, Come on, you were talking, Sophie. Let's finish. Let's answer exactly what I have, the whole part. Sam then says, please. Sabrina says, how many did he give you? Yeah, how many lozenges did he give you to put in our glass with tap water? Free? You want to free yourself? Yeah, you want to free yourself. So do, free yourself. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sophie. How many did he give you? Where did you put them? In tea? In water? Sophie says, yes. Sabrina says, okay, how many? Sophie says something, but it's very faint and it's hardly audible. To this, Sabrina says, okay, but how many did he give you? Sam says, each time he came, you put one in? Sabrina says, before coming. Sam corrects himself and says, well, before. Sabrina says, before coming, he used to ask her to do this. Go on, how many? How many did he give you? Because 
inaudible, assuming she said, like, the amount of cough drops that were missing. Sam then says, something else, and where are the others? She must have the others, Sabrina says, and where are the others? Sam says, the other pills? Sophie then says something again, but her response is inaudible and very quiet and weak. Sam then says, no, Sophie. Sabrina says, the other, your test became it's positive. Sam says, yeah. For context, the test that they're talking about, um, Sam and Sabrina would frequently give Sophie drug tests to see if she was being drugged by Mark. Obviously, all of these tests came up negative, but Sabrina would tell Sophie that they came up positive to further, you know, engage in this mental manipulation she was doing to Sophie. Sabrina then says, quote, on checking them, they said that heroin it stays maximum five days in the blood we agree we agree on that yeah okay five days in the blood in your case it is now 11 12 days that is she has not gone out how did she get out then how did you take your heroin so that you are calm with regard to morphine yeah you haven't been out yeah who provided you with that yeah how did you get it it is or are you hiding it somewhere sam then says ah you still have some somewhere. Can you go and get them? Sophie says, I don't have any of this, always seem. Sam says, ah, I know. I know when you are lying, Sophie. Sophie then says, no, I really don't have them. Sabrina says, stop it, Sophie. We know when you are lying. Where are they? Sophie says, I don't have them. Sabrina says, but you did take some not that long ago. Sam says, oh, come on. Sabrina says, you did take some a few days ago. Your test showed that five days ago, that some days ago, you did take some. Notice how she trips up on her words when saying that. Sam then replies with, where are they? Come on, do us a favor and go fetch them. Go to the end with the initiative, Sophie says, but I don't have them. But I, Sam cuts her off and says, Sophie, stop it. Sabrina says, no, long ago, less than five days ago, you did take some, the paper, what, what is written on it? Sam says, ah, where are they? Sophie says, I don't have them. Sam says, oh, but you're lying. It's obvious as Sophie cuts him off and says, no, I don't have them. Sam says, it's clear as rock spring water. Do you know this expression? You're lying. I do know you now. We talked about all of this. Therefore, I know that you're lying. Where are these pills? Sophie says, I don't know if Sam cuts her off and says, they came in July. They gave you a stock, okay, for the next time? Sabrina says, she saw them again. She saw them again. This was last Wednesday. Sam says, Ah, well, yes, right, you saw him. So where are these pills? Sophie then says, I don't have this. Sam cuts her off and says, ah. Sabrina says, no, you have them. Sam says, they are here. Try to help us help you. And Sabrina says, in any case, the police will search everything. I am telling you, when the coppers search with dogs, Sam says, help us help you. Sabrina says, they are not going to say, and then it's inaudible. Sam says, because it's true, it's a dog. The police dog arrives and they find it immediately. Whereas, what did they say to them? Here is what we found. Sabrina says, I would smell it. They are trained to do that. Sam says, we won't tell them. This is what we found, and this is another piece of evidence. Therefore, tell us where they are. Sabrina says, where are they? 
Sam says, take her by the hand. Go ahead. I think they are in her bedroom or, or in the toilet. Sophie says, no, I don't have them. Sabrina says, go ahead. Sam says, oh, come on. And then there's a loud noise of some sort. It's assuming it's probably him hitting Sophie. And then he goes on to say, Sophie, you are now being difficult. Sabrina says, you had taken some. Sam then replies with, you are being difficult. He would give you one for one occasion. He would give you a box. Come on, go ahead, hurry up, hurry up. Sabrina then says, you had taken them. And Sophie just replies with no. And that is where the end of the recording stops. So from that, you can definitely tell that from the first one compared to the second one, in the first one, specifically Sam, he is telling Sabrina to stop. He's saying, you know, stop it. Let her speak. I want to hear her speak. Now that you can see in this last recording, Sam is now not trying to stop Sabrina, but is encouraging Sabrina. He is now so involved in this story that Sabrina has made up. And so two days later, Sabrina, Sam, and Sophie had gotten into another argument about Mark. And in this situation, Sophie had confessed to something that she didn't do about seeing Mark because she just felt, you know, I have no other options. If I confess to this, there's a possibility that I can leave. But unfortunately, after Sophie falsely confesses to this, that is when Sabrina and Sam take Sophie to the bathtub where they waterboard her. That is when they both shoved her body underwater and Sophie had drowned to death. And after Sophie had drowned to death and whilst her body laid in the bathtub, Sam and Sabrina actually had sex right next to Sophie's body next to the bathtub after they had done this. I'm not sure if this was for gratification or manipulation or some sort of reward for what they did, but it's just, there's not even words to describe how insanely inhumane that is. Afterwards, they took a suitcase out of their bedroom and stored Sophie's body in the suitcase, and they stored the suitcase in a shed that they had in the backyard for a couple of days. September 20th of 2017, a fire department was called to Sabrina and Sam's home after neighbors had complained about a huge foul-smelling smoke coming from Sabrina and Sam's backyard. So the fire department had showed up and Sam opened the door. Fire department is like, hey, do you mind if we go out to your backyard? Like, we've just had some complaints about some big smoke going on. And Sam just says, oh, there's no big smoke. We're just outside cooking chicken. And to this, the fire department can clearly see that there's like huge, big black smoke like coming from their backyard. And they're like, okay, well, if you are just cooking chicken, we still need to go out there because what you have going on is clearly a fire hazard to other neighbors. When the fire department goes into the backyard, they see that Sam and Sabrina are indeed cooking chicken, but the fire pit that was right next to it was just like completely out of control. But it wasn't until the firemen had put the fire out where they started to notice at the bottom of the bonfire was human fingers, a human nose, and other fragments. And when the firemen asked, what is this? Sam said that they were actually just cooking a lamb. Like they got a big 
full-sized lamb at a butcher and then they just put it on the fire and that was it and that's what they were cooking. It wasn't until the firemen started to take a closer look at the fire pit where they started to see fragments of human clothing, jewelry, and as well as a burnt pair of glasses and it was at this point where the fire department knew that this was not a lamb and so they immediately called the police. When the police showed up, they took what was left of the body that was in the bonfire and they did confirm that this was the body of 21-year-old Sophie Lionette. They determined Sophie's cause of death to be either a blow to the back of the head, strangulation, or drowning. They do know for a fact that all three of of these have happened to her, but they didn't know which occurrence was the one that killed her. The examiners had said that Sophie had suffered a fractured jaw, five fractured ribs, and a fractured sternum, which if you guys don't know, the sternum is like what lays underneath your chest a little bit, and that is a really, really hard bone to crack, and not only was her sternum cracked, it was said that it was cracked for an entire three days before her death. Sophie's injuries were so bad that they were equivalent to someone in a catastrophic car accident. Officers investigated the area. They clearly saw signs of abuse simply just by looking at Sophie's room and the environment that she had to live in. They were also looking around Sophie's room and they came across a piece of paper that said, quote, why me? I need help to stop them. As far as the interrogations of Sabrina and Sam, at first Sabrina and Sam were trying to play it off as an accident. Sam at first actually took all of the blame because as I said, Sam would do anything for Sabrina. So at first he kept on saying that like he was the one who did it and Sabrina did nothing. She had nothing to do with it. Sam said that while Sabrina and him were questioning Sophie about her relationship with Mark, they attempted at waterboarding her in the bathtub in order to get some answers. And then after a while, he just got so angry and so he ended up punching Sophie in the face, leading her to fall in the bathtub and then drowned in the bathtub. And Sam even said that after Sophie had fallen in the bathtub, he attempted at reviving her but was unsuccessful. But a weird thing about this is that shortly after, he completely changed his story and said that he actually was sleeping while Sabrina had killed Sophie. He said, that when he woke up from his nap, Sophie was already dead, so he doesn't really know what happened to her. So the whole entire time, you know, Sam was starting to blame Sabrina and Sabrina was blaming Sam, but the police knew very, very quick after looking through Sabrina's phone, finding the recordings that I just read to you, all of the yelling and the beatings and even like the living conditions of Sophie, the photo of Sophie that I showed you a little while earlier. Um, this is where the police had a unfortunately found that photo on Sabrina's phone, they clearly knew that both of them were equally responsible in the abuse and then murder of Sophie. Even to this day, the police don't know why Sabrina took a photo. They think that usually a lot of murderers like to keep trophies of their victims, and so they're assuming that maybe this was Sabrina's trophy, something to look back on. There were a bunch of psychiatric tests done on both Sam and Sabrina, and what they 
found was Sabrina was diagnosed with depression and BPSD. At first, Sabrina was trying to do the insanity plea, but they found that she was not criminally insane at the time of the crime. Sam, on the other hand, was not diagnosed with anything after his multiple psychiatric exams, but it is speculated that he did suffer something called foila do, which I have never heard of. Basically, foila do, uh, for those who don't know, is actually a shared psychosis disorder where one person will believe in something so heavily that it will sort of start to make everyone else believe in those same exact delusions and stories. You see this very often with cults. The cult leader will have like these specific ideologies and what they believe and just like delusions and they will then convince everyone around them, all of their cult followers, to then believe in the same delusional things that they believe in and it was believed that this is what Sabrina did to Sam. Sam did not believe that Sophie had any interaction with Mark because that purely made no sense but after a while Sabrina constantly telling him these stories he shortly started to actually believe these stories. So then in May of 2018 that is when their trial began they actually had a shared trial and Sabrina and Sam had admitted to disposing Sophie's body but still blames the occurrence on each other. But it was very clear from the evidence presented like the recordings of Sabrina, the yelling, the living conditions, even like the children. The children were also questioned and they had a couple of things, incriminating things to say. It was said that all of the recordings that were made were actually all played in court and unfortunately Sophie's parents attended the trial and both of them actually had to leave the room during these recordings because as I said they're just extremely graphic like you can hear everything going on. Sabrina and Sam were calling Sophie profanities as well as hitting her with what sounded like something metal. They were waterboarding her, throwing things at her and all of it was on tape. And then two months later, on May 24th of 2018, that is when the jury found both Sabrina and Sam guilty for the murder of 21-year-old Sophie Lionette, and they were both sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 30 years. What was so ironic about, you know, this portion was that when the verdict was said, it was said that Sabrina just immediately started screaming at the judge, saying that she was innocent, that she didn't do anything and then this is unfair. Then right afterwards, after she composed herself, she went up because she had an opportunity to like speak to the family, like a pre-written note. This is what she reads to Sophie's family. Dear Sophie, may peace be with you. First of all, I wish everyone, including Sophie, especially her parents and family who are suffering badly to know how deeply sorry I am for what happened to Sophie. We shared so many good times together as well as pains until things went terribly wrong and it ended up in this horrendous tragedy. I think of you every day and I'm shocked and sad that you are not a part of this world anymore. It feels like a horrible dream to me that I wish I could just wake up from. Every day I live with sadness and sorrow. I'm suffering every day thinking about you and what happened to you that dreadful night. I only wish I could turn back the clock so that it never happened and you'd still be alive with us today. I will now live without hope and I can't ever imagine being happy again. I struggle every day and I'm disappointed in myself. Sophie, I wish things could have been different and I hope you the rest in peace with God with deepest regret. 
Sabrina Quarter. Obviously, that letter was pre-written. It was obviously something she was forced to say. There's also many points in that like letter where she says I a lot. She never really talks about the family. She's saying things like I'm suffering and I struggle every day and I'll never be happy again. Like as if people are gonna give her sympathy. I just don't get it. After this, the judge actually made a statement to her and Sam saying, quote, you are both involved in torturing Sophie in the bath and in the lead up to her death and making her think she would drown unless you gave her information you wanted, which was not in her power to give because it did not exist. The suffering and torture you put her through before her death was prolonged and without pity. I do not think you thought for a moment you were acting lawfully. I'm sure you knew the way that you interrogated her was unacceptable in the extreme, that it is unlawful to assault her and she was in a dreadful state by the time of her death and torturing her in the bath was totally and utterly wrong. Sophie's mother actually stood up and also said a statement to Sam and Sabrina saying, quote, there is no one, no God that will forgive both of you for what you did to my daughter. You are equally as evil as one another. And Sophie's father also stood up and said, quote, Sophie was so nurturing. She liked children and animals. She couldn't stand seeing others suffering and it breaks my heart to know that she was abused to the end of her life. I will never hear her say the words, Daddy, I'm getting married, or Daddy, I'm having a baby. As far as the aftermath of all of this, um, Sophie's body was returned to the family, and so they did have a proper burial on June 9th of 2018, to which over 150 people attended this funeral to not only pay their respects to Sophie, but also just celebrate her life and not be, you know, reminded of how she left earth but more celebrating of who she was while she was on earth and as far as sam and sabrina today they are still serving out their life sentences however they are eligible for a retrial in the year of 2048 and could possibly be released when sabrina is 65 years old and sam is 70 so that's where they both are at now as for mark um obviously this situation was very very hard for him because Mark was the center topic of conversation and he was just living in LA like having no idea and no clue of what happened. He actually went on the show Good Morning Britain and said, quote, the parents are in my prayers every night. I don't know what I can say to be honest. It's just what they've went through is it's so much worse than what I've gone through and I think about them all the time. There's a certain responsibility you feel when your name was the name of why someone got tortured and put through something so horrific that you could never imagine. But people who know me and love me say, listen, you can't blame yourself. This is just two psychopaths that went and did something, but it was my name that got brought into this. The hardest thing for me is going to bed every night knowing that that girl was telling the truth every time she was answering those questions and was still beaten. 
she had never met me. That's where Mark is today as um, from what I can see he's still doing like music production and he's still very big in the music industry. As for Sophie's parents they tend to stay away from the media as much as they can. The parents have come out a couple of times but they haven't really. They're mostly very quiet and private people which I totally understand. For something like this to happen it's definitely very traumatizing, very hard to talk about. I also, you know, think about the children in this situation, Sabrina's children having to, you know, went through that. Not only is their mother in prison, but their father's in prison and a nanny that they loved and looked up to and spent most of their time with had been brutally tortured and murdered. And there's no, you know, obviously the interviews with the children was not released because they are children, but I you know, unfortunately, I don't doubt that they hadn't seen or heard any of the abuse going on in the house. She was a kind, loving, selfless soul. She looked out for everyone else. She loved children. Her dream was to have a child and she just really wanted to go to a new country and she didn't even care if it only paid her $63 a month. She just wanted to go for the experience and to spend time with this loving family and had so many hopes and dreams and aspirations for her life and unfortunately all of that came to a close very early but that doesn't mean that we you know forget all of the beautiful things that she had to offer to the world so that kind of wraps up today's video um if you guys found this video interesting make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you're on youtube or if you're on spotify apple wherever you can find podcasts make sure to rate it five stars because that really helps me out a lot Make sure to be safe out there. Go outside today. You know, breathe in some fresh air. Tell someone you love them today, even if that someone is yourself. So that's all for me, per usual. I love you, I love you, I love you, and I will see you guys next week.